Everybody. Welcome back. Welcome. Regina here. And Lisa. Your shrinks for the day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we wanted to continue our conversation from last week about self-care. Um, we feel like it's a really important topic and we just scratched the surface. But I think so, yeah. We were wanting to give some more concrete examples of mm-hmm. what you can actually do. Yeah for your own self, for self-care. So hopefully you all did your homework. Hopefully you <laughs> thought about things you enjoy and what you like to do so that you can be ready to <laughs> jump yeah. in today. Um, it's funny, though. That I feel like that's hard homework, though, because at least sometimes when I'm in session and I'll ask somebody, you know, well, what do you like to do for fun? I notice a lot of people have a hard time coming up with an answer for that. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that. Yeah, even sometimes for me, I... Even still now, I feel like I have a hard time with that. It's mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like such a pointed question, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, why do we why do we struggle with that? It should be a very easy thing to answer. What yeah. what do you what do you do to enjoy? How do you spend your free time? Mm-hmm. And if you're struggling, that might be a sign that it's been a while since you've done yeah. that, and maybe it's time to schedule something in, mm-hmm. or maybe you've kind of fallen into a rut of I don't know what else to do, so. I'm just going to turn the TV on, or I'm just not going to do any self-care at all. Right, exactly. You know? um, so I think that's kind of why we were thinking that uh, talking about different types would be really helpful. Because um, I think you might be surprised by what some things are categorized as self-care. Yes. You know, Because I think, I feel like most people think of it as like, it's like those those stock images of like a lady taking a bubble bath with like <laughs> a book and a, a cup of tea, which I've never yeah. understood because you're it's a hot bath and a hot cup of tea. That doesn't sound <laughs> delightful at all. But right. <laughs> you know, it's just it tends to it looks like a, like pictures that would be on a spa website. Right. And that's self care. And I don't have time for that. Cucumbers on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Seaweed wrap. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> which that could be, but yeah, absolutely. If, if you don't happen to have a bathtub in your home, then yeah. that's not going to be an option for you. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, and I, I actually, one of my good friends, she jokes all the time about how the idea of a spa day sounds horrible to her. Mm. Like she does it and she feels like she's going crazy. She can't stand spa days. Yeah. So one of my family members is like that. They basically asked that I never give them a gift card <laughs> to a spa <laughs> because the idea of being having a lot of people touching you and being kind of naked where other people were naked and how clean is it then yeah <laughs> would not be relaxing for them at all yeah and so. for her the idea was like I'm just sitting here I'm bored out of my mind she's <laughs> like oh that sounds so delightful to me <laughs> like I just get to sit there I don't have to do anything <laughs> and people doting on me and sounds lovely <laughs> But yeah, it's and it's so funny. Like whenever she says that, and it sounds like the same for you. I feel like they're an alien, yeah, <laughs> from a different planet. What are you talking about? Right. But and I think that's what's beautiful is God's infinite variety. He made us all so different, um, and our needs so different that like, yep, nope, self care is going to look widely different from person to person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we have some categories for you. Um, 
there are seven in particular, and so we'll just we'll just jump right in and go down the list. Yeah. Of different categories. The first one is physical, physical mm-hmm. self care. So mostly that has to do with anything related to your body. So mm-hmm. if you are, how are you eating? What are you eating? Are you paying attention to the cues in your body? Mm-hmm. Are you being active? Are you being physically healthy, getting movement? Yeah. Um, so what are those things, when you think about physicality in that category, what are some of those things that you enjoy, mm-hmm. whether it's walking, running, going to the gym, yeah, cleaning the house, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what, what are those things for you that you enjoy that you feel like you could be more attentive to mm-hmm. in regards to self-care? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I think it kind of goes back to something we talked about in the first podcast was I had said, you know, I noticed when Andy is getting really antsy, mm. have you done something physical recently? Right. And he'll go out and go to like the Y and do a pickup basketball game. Mm-hmm. And he comes back a different man. Mm. He's like, he's all excited. He's smiling and happy and energized. He's like, it was so much fun. He starts going to the ins and outs of the game. And my brain just starts going fuzzy. Cause <laughs> what are you talking about? But it, for him, like he loves contact sports. If he can go out and like, if he could play like football, full on football and like rugby or something and run into people. Yeah. That is his terms of self-care I'm like you come back seriously injured how is that taking care of yourself but his interior state kind of what we were talking about before right what's the end result is he is a much happier much calmer person more energized clearly he's more energized yes very much so bleeding but you know more (laughs) energized (laughs) and if he is bleeding is he paying attention to do I need to go to the doctor right now So true. That can be self-care too. If mm-hmm. you if you were to have, you know, a serious injury, yeah. you know, are you paying attention again to those cues that your body's giving you that yeah. you need some outside assistance? Absolutely. Are you having really bad headaches and not able to sleep? And is mm-hmm. that something you need to get checked out by the doctor? Right. Yeah. And I think one of the things you talked about at the beginning, and this one I think is huge and it's kind of overlooked a lot, is you know, what are you eating? Is there a way maybe in little steps that you can improve mm-hmm. um, and nourish yourself better in, in a more healthy way? Um, right. Because that can have a huge impact on how we feel emotionally and relationally to other people. I mean, they even have a term for it, hangry, you know? Yeah, hangry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just came across a study this morning about that you just reminded me of about the foods we eat. Mm-hmm. And the statistic was pretty shocking. I feel like They were arguing through their research, which I don't remember who the study was through, but that at least 60, I want to say 70% of your health and your weight, your weight in particular has to do with what you eat. Mm. And exercise was only 20, 25% of, Mm -hmm. of that factor. And so... You know, I know there's a lot of push out there for exercise, but I think we underestimate how much food plays a role as well. Yeah. You know, exercise is still very important for overall health and longevity of life, but absolutely, it's, it's a, I think we don't give it as much credit as mm-hmm. we probably should. I think there's this idea where, where if I work out enough, I can outdo. Right, I can eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that might not completely true based on what I was reading this morning. Yeah. I think it kind of goes both ways too. I mean, it's not that 
if you eat super healthy, you can just sit around and never do anything physical either. Exactly. It needs to be a balance. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and kind of a, a moderation in both, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of physical. Um, oh, here's a big one. Spiritual. Spiritual. Ooh. Spiritual self-care. <laughs> so for us, you know, that would mean anything from prayer to mm-hmm. meditation, right? Depending on what faith you're practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you, again, are you participating in those prayer activities that give you the most fulfillment? Are mm-hmm. you are you part of a Bible study group? Mm-hmm. Are you make, taking time for quiet reflection or prayer time at some point mm-hmm. during your day? Are you, you know, reading scriptures? Are you maybe having a conversation with someone else about it? Yeah. On a chat online or over the phone? Yeah. Um, what is it for you that you enjoy? But more importantly, are you taking that time? It's, I feel like spiritually, we can be so judgmental on ourselves, too. Yeah. And get frustrated with ourselves if we're not, if we don't feel like we're practicing our religion, so to speak, the right way, quote yeah. unquote, then we can get a little frustrated with ourselves, and then it ends up not being self-care. <laughs> yeah, then just is one more thing to check off the list. Right, another thing yeah. you have to do. And so really making sure that when you're practicing your spirituality is that is it life-giving to you the way you go about practicing it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's funny that you say that because I used to. I used to beat myself up because the rosary was, like, incredibly difficult for me. Mm. It's just I'm a very physical person. I like to be up. I like to be moving. I like to be doing things. I like to be having conversations with yeah. people. So the idea of sitting quietly right. and not talking to anybody. Well, talking to the Lord. But, um it's incredibly difficult for me and my mind wanders often and I used to beat myself up for it all the time. Like mm. I'm not praying rosary right. Mm. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. You know, like the Lord loves our offerings, you know, right. it's just like a little kid who brings like the flowers mm. that he picked from your garden and hands them to you and you're like, Oh, <laughs> but they, you love them anyways. And right. it's the same kind of offering from me. Like, no, is it absolutely perfect? And is it like, some like wild flowers or weeds that are a little earwiggy, but they're an offering and the <laughs> Lord loves them. Right. Um, so I'm not going to beat myself up about my mind wandering for like During nine birth. tenths of this particular decade. Right. You know, right. I'm not, I'm, he loves whatever I give to him. Mm. And as soon as I kind of started accepting that, mm. that the offering didn't have to be perfect. Right. Um, it did, it started becoming self-care a lot more. Does that mean my rosaries are perfect and wonderful now? No, I often am like <laughs> going through my shopping list as I'm doing them. Um, but the Lord honors the gifts that I give him. And, yeah. you know, he's working with me as I'm working with him. Yeah, and speaking of gifts, you're making me think about just a broader view of gifts and talents and how mm-hmm. we all, you know, some of us are artists, some of us are athletic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would apply in the spiritual life also. Like some of us have ways of prayer that are going to be more natural for us mm-hmm. and that we're going to find more fruitful than other ways and yeah. paying attention to that. And absolutely, again, not beating yourself up or feeling like you're doing something wrong because mm-hmm that style of prayer doesn't always appeal to you. Exactly. Or isn't super popular or, um, 
it's necessarily like the prescribed way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So I had a good friend in college who, you know, she said a lot of people give up media for Lent and give up the radio. She's like, I'm not doing that because for me, singing in the car and praise and worship in the car is my form of prayer and it's how I connect to the Lord. So I'm not giving that up. I was like, okay. Versus like, for me, it's like, I actually like silence in the car. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, But for her, that was, that was prayer for her and she wasn't giving that up right and it's like yeah and it's funny we keep talking about this it's different for everyone (laughs) exactly (laughs) I think you might be sensing a theme here with our we have a little theme going through the (laughs) self-care exactly so what is our what's our next category oh yes we have intellectual I like this one a lot because I don't I don't feel like we people talk about this one very much that's a good point you know what are I feel like also I hear so many people, you know, as as you get older and as life goes on, like, oh, I, I really would have loved to learn this language, but oh, yeah. oh, it's too late for me now, or yeah. I, w- I would have loved to learn to play this instrument, and that's definitely an intellectual self-care category. Absolutely. It's never too late. No. And I know that's very cliche, but mm-hmm. what's what are those ways that you can stimulate your mind in a new way that you've never done before? Yeah. I feel like growing up, it's just so easy going through school, and every year, everything's constantly new mm-hmm. until, you know, after you graduate, mm-hmm. after you get out of college, now you're just living life, and yeah. there's only so many, very few new situations that come up you know, yeah. parent like raising a child, which is which is a big yeah. a big new change. Or a total career shift where you have to figure out something entirely new. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but those I feel like those are kind of temporary in a way or yeah. just a different type of learning. Yeah. Um so what are those what are those ways that you can intellectually stimulate yourself mm-hmm. that you're not getting the same way you did growing up. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think it's funny like you said like Oh, well, it's too late for me. Except research is showing that brain plasticity, our brains are, brains are so much more flexible than we give them credit for and much later into life than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that in terms of learning models, we don't have to have a fixed mindset. Right. You know, that we we are able to grow, you know, after college. Yes. Amazing as it might <laughs> seem. Like you can still learn and you can change your brain. You can change your neurons. Mm-hmm. Um, simply by reading, even just picking up different books. But like mm-hmm. you said, maybe learning a new language, mm-hmm. um, joining a book club. That would be a great way to that do would that. Be great, yes. Yeah. You know, and again, I have some friends who absolutely detest reading, and that just wouldn't be for them. But maybe you decide, like, if you have the time and you're you're in the single life, maybe you audit a college class that you're really interested in. Right. Or like you said, pick up an instrument. That's great for your brain. My goodness. Right. Yeah. Or if you haven't been to college at all and that was, you know, a dream that you had, but mm-hmm. maybe you started your family early and put college off and, oh, but now I'm in my 40s. I'm not sure if I should, if I have the brain power, the brain capacity to go back and do yeah. the school thing again. Like, of course you do. Yeah. Of course. I mean, and everything's challenging at the beginning, you know, right. there's definitely a learning curve and you, you have the ability. Yep. And I feel like if there's motivation, it's even more of a reason of why you would be successful. So if that's yeah. a, dream, a dream you've always had to go back to school and 
become a nurse or do something, mm-hmm. then you're going to, you might actually do better than some of the 20 year olds in your class because <laughs> you have a personal goal that yeah. you've been waiting on a long time. Yeah. And that actually reminds me of when you and I were in school together is, yeah. Um, there were plenty of people who were older. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just people who had just graduated from college and were going to their master's and were in their 20s. Right. No, there were definitely people in their 50s and 60s. Right. And they brought so much to our class Absolutely. in terms of wisdom, life experience, um, that was I found incredibly valuable. And I was so grateful that they, they took that leap and decided, nope, I'm going back to school. Absolutely. We probably wouldn't have heard heard things from certain angles or been able to mm-hmm. learn about counseling from if they weren't there to give their own personal experience just exactly. from their angles, you know, as we would discuss things in class. I think you and I were both engaged and married in the middle of our programs. We right? were. <laughs> we were. That was, so crazy. True. that was crazy. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a stressful time where hopefully, if I'm trying to remember back, I think I might have engaged in self-care. Yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I remember telling myself I should be engaging in self-care. <laughs> but you know, when you're in your early anyway. 20s, you think, yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> but yeah, Absolutely. So what, what's next? What's next on our list? Uh, this one's kind of one of my favorites, creativity. Ooh. And I think this is one of those ones where it's like, this is a typical self-care. This is one that people often think of. So like for me, like I love painting. Yeah. Um, there are some people who love to sing, to play an instrument. I would put gardening under creativity. It takes yeah. a lot of creativity to do that. Um, i trying to think of... Maybe the, decorating the house. Oh, yeah. That's creative. That is very creative. Or, you know, like when you see those Pinterest moms and they they make lunches that look like an artistic like painting somehow. They make these kid their kids box lunches and it's like a masterpiece and they cut yeah. it up and make it look like a little smiley face. Yep. That's pretty creative. I, I would not have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so seen. true. Pinterest is just Ooh, you can get lost in there. <laughs> it's funny. I was telling my husband the other day, I'm like, because, you know, school's starting back up. So I'm getting ready to go back to school, yeah. which again, your body doesn't distinguish between good and bad stress. So my body's kind of like, oh, we're going back to work. So it's a good thing. I love my job mm-hmm. and I'm getting stressed. And I said, you know what? If it's not going to be summer anymore, it has to be fall. And this whole house is going to be decorated for fall. <laughs> so get ready for pumpkin everything. There's going to be Fall leaf garden garlands everywhere. It's like, please, fall doesn't start until September 21st. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> school has started. That means the garlands will be up on the first day of school. Exactly. So clearly my, my self-care involves creativity because I am ready to go to Hobby Lobby and buy all of the autumn things. <laughs> um, so I feel like that's, that's one way. Writing, that's another great way. Yeah. Journaling. Oh. Mm. Goodness, we as counselors, how often do we use journaling, you know? Oh my goodness, yes. It's a huge piece of self-care. Absolutely. To be able to keep track and monitor what's happening for you internally. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to go, for anyone who journals knows, it's kind of fun to go back and read something you wrote five years ago and yeah. think that was maybe a really hard time for you and see mm-hmm. how you came out of that and just think about where you are presently and mm-hmm. it's kind of a nice little record that you keep yeah because I think it's easy to fall into this idea that like oh, I've always been this way I've made no progress in my life and then yeah you go back and you read mm-hmm. five years ago you it's right. like oh 
no, I'm different. Yeah. I'm definitely a different person. <laughs> definitely learned a lot since five years ago. <laughs> yeah. So just a journal is a great way. You can get those for like 50 cents at the Dollar Tree, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or at the grocery store even. Yeah. Those nice little composition notebooks. Oh, yeah. 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 You just start journaling. Those are classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be all painting either, you know. Right. Um, so I love creativity because it is it is one of those things that's definitely very refreshing for a lot of people, I find. And even if you're not super artistic, so... Um, you know, at our school, we're really blessed to have a lot of art teachers. And so sometimes in our prayer um, experiences, like one that we recently had with our faculty, um, they had us making and decorating prayer boxes. And there were a number of people who were saying, like, oh, I'm not creative at all. And our, our teachers are so wonderful. You know, they're walking around like, there's no right or wrong to this at all. <laughs> um, and at the end, there are quite a few people who said, like, I really love my box. It's so pretty. And I never right. expected to be able to do this. And... Yeah, I went to the one of those paint night things once. Mm. I've only been one time, but I'm not a super artistically talented person. I don't have it, so I was a little nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. And the woman who was our instructor was really, um, like, very artistic in her way of teaching us. So she wasn't very concrete with her language. She just said we're going to have some cascading leaves now. And she would start (laughs) painting these gorgeous leaves on a tree. And I'm like, how do I paint a cascading leaf? I don't know. I've never done. She's like, just make them cascade down the page. And so I just, you know, I'm more of a visual learner. So I just watched her do it. And I tried to copy that on my canvas. Mm -hmm. And by the end, I had a real looking tree on my (laughs) canvas. And it was amazing. Like, it was really fun. I had no idea that I was capable of doing something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was actually really relaxing. Yeah. So I feel like we underestimate ourselves. We kind of talk ourselves out of certain things before. Now, you know, I don't think I'm going to sell, be selling this painting for $3,000 or anything. (laughs) But (laughs) it looked like a real tree, I promise you. (laughs) It just reminds me of, uh, so... Andy and Andy and I were going out on a date, and he's like, we're going to do a Lisa date. So we're going to the ceramic place where you can go and, like, all yeah. fired up, where you can paint things. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm so excited. This is, like, because <laughs> normally it's, like, it's a very Andy-centered date. Um, so, like, a movie, like a spy movie or something, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I was very excited about this, and I've got, like, an idea of already what I want to do. It's got, like, this candle burner, and it's going to be so, like decorated like very like stylistically Mm -hmm. and brush strokes here and brush strokes (laughs) there and like I'm watching Andy's like Andy got a a coaster so literally just a circle of clay like oh my gosh (laughs) okay um and he starts painting some stuff on there and he clearly has no idea what he's doing then he gets upset and he tries scraping some of it off and it's just (laughs) it looks like a hot mess so eventually he like puts a whole thick layer over top of that. I'm like, what is this going to look like? This is going to be horrible. And eventually he just decided he was going to do, I don't know if you've ever seen, it's a, it was a web series um, where, uh, Homestar Runner, where this oh, one yeah. guy draws this really rudimentary dragon that he calls Trogdor the oh, Burninator. Yes, Trogdor. So he decides he's going to draw this really rudimentary dragon, and that's kind of the joke in the series is, like, it's really poorly drawn. Yeah. It's got, like, a really big, beefy arm. Um, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know what? But we had a date night. It was great. Lisa got to paint. So then you have to go back later to pick it up. And yeah. Andy's like, I mean, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. So I go, I'm like, you know, it's under Sojourner. And they're like, oh, 
is yours the one with the coaster? (laughs) I spent serious time and effort on my candle burner. And his, his like coaster is the one they're all excited about. (laughs) But it goes to show you, it doesn't have to be perfect either. Your end result doesn't have to be perfect to be fun. And like, in that instance, it was the process that mattered. It was us spending time together and doing something creative and, in the end, he got more accolades than I did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. as long, I think part of it too is as long as you're willing to expose yourself to new experiences, exactly. that can be self-care because it's kind of fun. It's yeah. new and it's a new experience. It's a little bit of an adventure. And I don't have to be good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of freeing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be good at this, you right. know? Which, yeah, which probably helped me with the painting because yeah. I already knew I didn't have high expectations and then surprised myself. I love it. Okay. Okay, I like these these next two. They kind of, like, go together in a lot of ways. And these are two that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think of as self-care, but they are. In, they mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is social. Social self-care. Yes. So by social, we're meaning making sure you're being in touch with people outside of your immediate family. Mm -hmm. And I know we can be very busy and family is very important, if not the most important relationship um, that you have, but also being attentive to sometimes we need time outside of our family and nurturing those relationships for our own self-care and Mm -hmm. um, for the benefit of Again, being able to go out, rejuvenate, and come back into your family. Yeah. Feeling better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, like, you know, Andy and I have a baby, so social self-care outside of our immediate family can be really difficult sometimes. But he is very intentional with me. You know, when was the last time you got to hang out with your friends? Just you. Mm -hmm. You know, so he'll, he'll, in some evenings in the week, say, you know what? I've got the baby for the rest of the night. You need to schedule a girl's night. And you just need to go and do it. Um, And it can, you feel that tug. It can Mm -hmm. feel where it's like, oh, but I'm not spending time with the baby. Right. And it's still really important because you do, you need that social contact with people. Mm -hmm. Um, We need community. We were built for community. Yep. These people are built for community. And when we're apart from that, I think we definitely feel that. Mm -hmm. We feel that loss. And I know when I talk to people, if they're not connected to a community, it tends to be one of the biggest things that they struggle with is a deep sense of loneliness. Mm. Even if their family, their immediate family relationships are really good. Say they have a great relationship with their husband, their kids are doing great. If they're not connected to a community outside of that immediate family, I I hear a lot of deep sense of loneliness. Mm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because... They, you know, can't meet all of your needs. I mean, no Mm -hmm. person can meet all of your emotional needs. But, you know, there's something about having friends of the same gender. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even if they're not the same gender, there's just something about, you know, childhood friends who've known you for a long time. um, Possibly longer than your spouse. Mm -hmm. And being able to connect in a way that's different than the way you connect with your family yeah yeah or even with Andy and I like going and hanging out together with other people that's not Jimmy right you know that's not the baby so like um you know what we need to go and uh like 
some of our, our mutual friends, like we need to just go and, and hang out with them mm-hmm. and go and spend time, not just on a single date where it's just he and I, but like we need to go hang out with some of our friends right. together right. and have a community in that way and in that sense too. Absolutely. You know, because like you said, I think even couples need to be supported by other, other couples. couples. Yep. Yep. You're mm-hmm. not an island unto yourself there either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important no matter what your state in life is. Like if you're a single person, I think it's kind of good for you to hang out with other married people. Mm-hmm. If you're a priest, I think it's good for you to hang out with people who are in the single life, people who are dating, people who are married, right. yeah. and as friendships and be connected with people in that way. Um, because I think isolation of only one group of people is, is not really a good thing. Even into different age ranges, too, kind of what we were talking about earlier about education. Like, it was so refreshing to be able to spend time with somebody who's older than me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we can isolate ourselves that way socially as well. Like, I only ever spend time with where we are right now with 30-somethings, right. you know? Right, um, That's not a good thing. That's not necessarily healthy either. And that's right. why we're built for community because community has that. Mm-hmm. It has that diversity of people and diversity of states in life. Right. And we all, we all need each other. We need mm-hmm. that diversity. Absolutely. In order to learn and to grow. And mm-hmm. So I think we're almost out of time. We are. So we'll have to quickly, I think we kind of covered the relational. Um, yeah. So, the, yeah. So the second part of this was relational self-care, right. which right. is with significant others. Right. Which is just your significant other, mm-hmm. your immediate family. And so that mm-hmm. piece that you said about couples making sure you're spending time together as a couple, but mm-hmm. also maybe being with other couple positive couples. Yeah, exactly. Who be supportive <laughs> of your relationship and yeah. not trying to drain or take away from that. Mm-hmm. And then... Life management. Life management. Yeah, this one's this is one of those ones that people might not think of too, but you kind of mentioned it last time where, you know, organization isn't necessarily something you love to do, but organizing that closet after moving mm-hmm. really kind of helps you to feel less stressed about your house. Right. So sometimes it's like our house is a little crazy. We need to clean this up. Andy and I call it, we call it a 15-minute power clean. Yeah. Where we set a 15-minute timer, we are going to go through the house like crazy and organize it like crazy. Right. You know? And, you know, do you have those other things in place that are going to help you feel at ease should an emergency come up? Mm-hmm. Do you have, you know, life insurance and health insurance? Mm-hmm. Do you have an emergency fund if, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, you know, that wouldn't happen. But if you were in a position where you lost your job, do you have some money saved mm-hmm. where you can last a few months while you look for another job? Absolutely. And so in life management, what are those things that can just take away some stress so that when difficult things happen in life, mm-hmm. again, our tolerance level is not, it's going to be stress. If you lose your job, that's stressful regardless. Yeah. But if you lose your job with zero money in the bank account, that's a whole lot more stressful than <laughs> <laughs> exactly having a little bit of a cushion yep. to get you through to the next job. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the last one that we put in here was emotional self-care. Yes. Which is and the most... Important. important one. Yeah. I yeah, I completely agree. Um, learning how to pay attention to your emotions, to recognize them, to know what they are, to know where they originate from, um, to know, you know, do I feel emotionally different around some people or in some situations, you know? So I know for myself, I get very stressed out in large, crowded situations 
I do not like them. Mm. And so, you know, but sometimes you can't help it. And sometimes you just have to go there and you have to be in that. And just having that self-knowledge of emotionally, I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have a little bit of a rough time. Like Andy want, really wants to go to this football game and it's going to be a stadium full of a lot of people. I'm going to be very stressed out. <laughs> so what am I going to do either before or after to kind of right. counterbalance that? Right. Um, and then there's also just kind of recognizing I've reached a point where I need more help. Yes. That I've kind of got all these other self-care things in place mm -hmm. and life has thrown a lot at me mm -hmm. or I don't quite feel up to managing what life has thrown at me. And I think I need somebody else to kind of come in and help me talk through that and work through that. Right. Are you able to identify that? Are you able to verbalize it? Mm -hmm. That's part of emotional care. And if not, if you get to that point where you are so overwhelmed that you just don't know where to go, you, you're burnt out, mm -hmm. stressed, everything's falling apart, that might be a sign where we need to seek a counselor, ask for that extra assistance so that yeah. they can walk us through retraining, getting mm -hmm. that self-care back on track, processing through the difficulties so that you can be back in your normal groove of life. Yeah, exactly. So, in a nutshell, those are those are the seven categories <laughs> of self-care. I know we sped through that pretty quickly, but yeah. we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. Bye.